This is Jacob Spihar with Athletes Unbox, finding the extraordinary in the ordinary. Well, hello everyone. Um, today we are going to be switching the roles a little bit, mostly because <laughs> um, with the holiday season and with Christmas coming up this coming up weekend, we struggled to lock down a person to interview. So we thought, we and we've been keeping this in the back pocket to just have me interview Jacob. So I think that obviously while you're doing your podcast, you kind of chat with people and you say different stories about yourself and kind of what you're up to. But I thought it'd be cool just for us to kind of chat a little bit more and see a little bit more about you. (laughs) (laughs) Jacob's reserved about this. He thinks it's going to be awkward. So if it's really terrible, we just won't post. (laughs) (laughs) But I kind of wanted to talk first about, obviously, Athletes Unboxed. And I'd say that, you know, from just all the different things that you've done, you know, kind of just... A little bit about your sports background, kind of when you started getting into stuff, what sports you've played. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so, oh man. Um, let's see here. So, played, well, I actually, uniquely enough, was like my, the first time I ever started playing sports, organized sports, because I was like a homeschooled little hillbilly forever. Um, so, Obviously, two hand or not even two hand touch, full blown tackle in the backyard. But I started playing organized sports in seventh grade, which was technically kind of late. But my dad just really wanted to make sure that we were passionate about it. Also, kind of let me grow up because I think a lot of times kids were playing way too early, and I still think they do. I, I think kids are playing sports way, way too early. Um, and just the repetition, the pounding. So that was a big thing. I think that helped a ton. What sport was that? Uh, football. So I started, I wanted to play like in like fourth grade, fifth grade. So I was, I mean, I was like four years behind all my friends. So that was pretty cool. I got to start that. And then. Do you think that like starting later, how did you feel? Because you said it was pretty cool. Like how yeah, I mean, do you it, think that benefited you? Well, I mean, I just think I was really driven. I wanted to really play and kind of learn the game. And, and oh, bless you, Phoebe. <laughs> Phoebe the Chiggy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that was helpful for me to just... S- again take it seriously and I think work hard to something I wanted to play because I kind of had to be held back a little bit and retrospect it was really awesome I I think if I have uh you know boys I mean girls obviously if they want to play it I'm not a huge fan of contact sports anymore just learning of what it does to the brain and the neck stem and the central nervous system and but, I mean, you you can only educate them and then they can kind of make their own decision even though they're making a decision with another very underdeveloped brain. <laughs> um, so that was helpful to kind of just 
wait and do that. So that was really fun. I got to be the, I was the starting running back and played like, you know, a bunch of different spots and, and then played baseball for a little bit. And then, um, what did you do in baseball again? I was catcher in first base. Oh yeah. So little unknown. We actually won our state traveling league and like a couple huge tournaments in eighth grade, which was pretty cool. That yeah. was a fun uh, memory. Yeah, it was super fun because we had like um, over by the grumpy old men church, you know, there's oh, that yeah. moody. I don't know. I think it. I forgot the name of the field. It doesn't look we made it just like really beautiful, pristine. Like we literally did like we cut mowed it we did the infield the oh yeah we were like <laughs> literally working on it like and then um our traveling team went up against this like uh and I forgot they were from the south and this this kid at like so eighth grade I don't even know how old what would like that 12 12 yeah. yeah he was pitching like I think he was hitting like 70 plus miles an hour, which is like crazy. We couldn't. So like it was the funny. So we were just getting our butts kicked and um, it was it was like the fifth inning and uh, he was it was like six zero and the, all of a sudden he was like smoking us. We were just like foul balling him and then uh a rainstorm came in and the the coach was like you guys can go last you know it started to rain but he could not get his footing like his anchor footing and we scored seven unanswered like we ended up beating yeah because the coach he kind of walked up because he had this like walked up he's like you guys can take this ending we'll give you one he actually said like i think like one more chance and the rain started raining super hard and he couldn't he was like slipping in the ball and so yeah we we scored a bunch of points and ended up winning which was really fun cool so that was pretty cool and then um just like i think yeah i just played uh middle school i swam as well so that was pretty fun i was just like a sprinter 50 50 free, 50 fly, 100 free, 100 fly. And then, thank God, by I swam for a while. And then I took a, my sophomore year off and um, then just came back and swam for a while, which was really cool. So I got to actually swim with Nick, Luke, myself. And then, it's in a high yeah, school. that it was really cool. We were at the state true team relay so we all got to swim together at the u of m pool cool yeah i think it was really special because rarely do you get three brothers that can all do that so that was a really cool you know athletic background like kind of thing so that was that was a really cool thing and like sports have always been kind of a very anchor point because school has not come easy for me Mm -hmm. at all and so I think sometimes people, it's a, so interesting because it's like obviously it gives you something to focus on. But um, yeah, I think 
people will joke around and be like, you know, I, I don't tell a ton of people. I mean, I, but I'm truly dyslexic. And so some people will kind of joke around, but I don't think they realize how difficult school can actually be. Like words jump around on a page and you've read my freaking <laughs> papers. Like it just, the more I look at it, the more it makes sense and the less it makes sense to everybody else. And so that was really hard to kind of overcome and work through but it was just interesting because sports were always kind of those things that kind of kept me team focused grounded and Mm -hmm. just like not feeling so in the dump sometimes because you're academically struggling but fortunately like sports wise if you're kind of doing good and you're getting good feedback it makes you want to keep playing but you gotta stay eligible yeah so yeah so that was that was a unique accomplishment for me I think was honestly getting through that and (laughs) getting through I think it's always a huge shout out to like obviously all the teachers and the incredible work they do because I was definitely a product I mean like special ed till almost 10th grade and so um, yeah because you were homeschooled till fifth grade and kind of showed up with I, no like structured schooling no I mean I and, really struggled yeah. in a lot of areas so um that was again just another unique thing and to kind of just like I think anybody who has an excuse like now having kind of two degrees a master's two licenses you know quite a few other just kind of certifications and stuff it's definitely like if you just lean on those excuses that's what is really going to you know in a sense that's kind of hinders you yeah and also I think that's usually the outcome that'll happen you know so I'm a very like Dr. Dweck out of Stanford has like two different types of mindsets it's like there's a growth mindset and a fixed mindset and like a fixed mindset's like I'm the sum I'm the sum of my accomplishments and like a growth mindset is kind of like I'm the sum of my efforts so pretty <laughs> and, much Kelsey and Jacob Spear <laughs> yeah I'm very much like well I don't see it as failure it's kind of just like an opportunity or something that you got to just kind of learn from and move around and it doesn't it just it's not a huge deal because I've fucking failed so many times it's just like all right I'll just figure this out again like I'll never forget we had this huge like five like almost four hour exam for my master's and like I knew I was just gonna fail like parts of it so I kind of just accepted it because I was like no this probably isn't gonna happen so we had to do like five different scenarios it was just grueling and I think I failed (laughs) like two of them so I did three really well and I was just like yep kind of I mean I I tried my best and went in and talked to the professor and they're like this is what you need to change I'm like all right can I take it now and went back and passed but I think I don't know a lot of people don't realize how many you know just hurdles and things people have to kind of overcome yeah for sure especially just like again I've talked about this a lot with other people just like how toxic in my opinion social media is because they don't show and represent I think the people who are 
just grinding and struggling and failing and so yeah I mean I know for myself that's one thing that just obviously we've been together for a super long time dating wise and then married now and that I think that you have really helped me with and just trying to change something that I think I've really seen with just you know working hard and effort where I on the other hand was very much like a student like super involved in all sorts of things and just where though that kind of leads your mental state of when maybe it's not going that way you know and how that can just be such kind of like a crushing reality sometimes of just not like you were saying feeling worthy and that your self-worth is built so much into how well you're doing all the time performing either school-wise work-wise you know fitness I think is something that can be what a lot of people have and they just don't really recognize it you know yeah I mean my i my absolute most, like, pr- I, how do you say it? My proudest grade of my undergrad was a D plus. <laughs> Hands down, it was my proudest grade. It was in statistics. And I failed every single exam. I failed the final. <laughs> and, like, I, I just worked. I was in the professor's office every single day. I think he literally just passed me, so he never saw me again. <laughs> and I'll never forget. He's like... He sent me an email, said, sorry, you failed the final again. <laughs> your effort, I'm going to give you a D plus for your effort and hard work and projects you've participated in. <laughs> and then I just asked him, do I need to take this class again? And he said, no, with like 10 exclamation points. Have a good year. Cute. <laughs> I was just like, thank God. It's for all but, you people listening oh if you're gosh. going back to school. Yeah, honestly, I think. Put a good effort in. Yeah, but I just, I don't know. I think, like I said, with that, that was during just like football, playing football at college. And that was kind of my, you know, into high school, my senior year, played three sports. So I swam, played tennis, played football, and I had such a, just a love and passion for football that I wanted to kind of go into the next level. And again, my uh, ACT score was about the uh, same length and score of my my shoe size which is just not a good you know but <laughs> it's like where are you going with this? <laughs> yeah. yeah shoe size yeah <laughs> you know what they say about people yeah. Think, uh, yeah so it's God. not as yeah my first literally legitimately I think people like I had such bad test anxiety as like I got a 13 and I think that's literally just filling out your name and <laughs> I then I think it's probably more than I that. did C's all the way through for one of them oh my gosh because yeah, I didn't have time it was like again what's so hard is like I could read the more I read the words the more the words would move around and like it didn't make sense there was no it wasn't logical to me when you're stressed yeah for sure and so I retook it and did better so that was good I think it was good enough to obviously get me into 
school. So I think it's so funny when people are like, oh my gosh, I took, I took the ACT and then they're like, I just, I got like a 22. I'm like, fuck, that's really good. <laughs> and they're like, I'm like, if you would have seen my first one. And so I think I took that three times. Mm-hmm. And so, well, it would have been a total of five because I actually took, no, I took three mock ACTs and then two actual ACTs, Ugh. which is just crazy. That's probably, yeah, why I like these, like, ridiculously stupid long grinding workouts. It's just what I've been doing my <laughs> whole life. But so, yeah, I went and played college football and then um, really I didn't play much at all, which was another kind of blessing in disguise. So that was one of the things that I think is just like kind of keeping in perspective of going into school and you know for people who want to go to college I think just keeping an open mind uh you know just like sometimes you know the sports are all the high like it's not really what it's all cracked up to be it's good to have I think have the experience but I didn't have like the quote-unquote college experience because again academics weren't very easy mm-hmm. so and then you started with college going for kinesiology yeah I had a, I mean yeah thinking. I had a I had a kinesiology I had a kinesiology I mean I could declare for a kinesiology minor but nobody gives a shit about minors they're like oh cool who cares <laughs> you know but um you know so I had I could have that but then I realized how much more biology and st- yeah science, uh, science and math. I was like nope so I sh- I pivoted over to psychology which was a great shift Mm -hmm. so that was pretty cool and then yeah so I graduated and I I'll never I still it's yeah it was great like I walked up and I was redshirted and I was just like how much will it cost me to play another year and like this much and then I was like how much if I just finish in August or like just finished out my intern they're like this much so I walked right up to that coach right after that meeting said thanks for everything cleared out my locker and I was done with football Hmm. so yeah when you're senior year or your I guess yeah like fourth year two of football season was just also obviously super hard going into it yeah so that was a um that's when you know senior year or yeah yeah senior Senior year yeah we I uh Nick passed away so that was so August going into the training camp like literally I think it was like the week almost the like the week before so we were supposed to check in on like a Monday or Tuesday and I think it was a Saturday Nick passed away and so I called my coach and um told him and then it was just a whirlwind from there so crazy that you still played yeah, I think it was helpful. Uh, again, it was kind of one of those things, a little bit of a distraction yeah. um, to just kind of stay focused and, and, and play and, you know, do something with some structure. And, but, yeah, it was, it was uh, definitely a whirlwind of kind of things and, and just, like, the, you know, having to travel and... Um, the politics of sports and stuff like that you know was 
I had enough of it. So that was good to leave Mm -hmm. and be done. So, and that's where I got like small little tastes of like CrossFit when Nick would come home. Mm -hmm. Because that was, he'd be doing these like crazy ridiculous workouts and then just get get, get shit-faced afterwards, you know. Like literally his workout. I think people are like, oh, I'm like, no, he did that. Um, you know, he was like down in our basement and he's like, you want to do t- what is the workout? So well, know. he did a few. You have so. two. Yeah, I think one's listed on the CrossFit website yeah. and then there's the other one that so, didn't get accepted. Yeah, I was like downstairs in the basement. He's like, hey, you want to do a CrossFit? I'm like, no, man, I'm going to lose my gains. Like, I got to do some back squats. He's like, OK, fucking moron. <laughs> I think that's he kind of laughed at me. And so. I was doing, like, these back squats. He had this barbell with 135. He's in our basement. It's a metal bar, so you can't drop it. Yeah. And he's just, like, doing thruster after thruster after thruster. And I was like, how many do you use? Like, I don't know. I think I did I did 100. I'm like, holy shit. And then he did, like, 100 pretty much, like, um, like pull, like, almost strict chest to bar. He just kept repping. I'm like, how many do you He's like, oh, I did 100. And then he just took off running. And so he did, like, the big loop around the Bratroods. Like, if you leave the parents, you go down Carmel, you do all yeah. the way around, come back around, like, Brinks. Yeah. And then I was outside doing some pointless drills, thinking I was actually making myself better. And he just <laughs> ran right into the pole shed and was, like, drinking a beer, watching me do these, like, tire flips and stuff. And so that's, I think it's, I think it's a 100, 100 thrusters at 135 100 i believe chest to bar and then 100 or and then a 6 mile run which is just it's a unpartitioned unpartitioned yeah just it's like psycho. a 70 minute workout which is just <laughs> crazy i think i did it in 70 something so he had another fun one we kind of made that he did a bunch of like running tire flips um sit up like we did that's a fun one but there's just too many things kind of in it so i just kind of do that one you know once a summer just to kind of see yeah i used to do it every single month for a year hmm. um after he passed away and i got into crossfit like no matter what i'd be doing it right now and i think i did it yeah the i did tire it. flip one yeah every in the winter time i did it, it was like It'd be like 10 below and I'd be, it, it, it's a 1.5 mile run, 40 tire flips, 60, Malls, right? 60 sit-ups, um, 80 mauls to the, to the, with a 12 pound sledge, um, to the side of the tire, a hundred burpee pull-ups and then a 1.5 mile run. So I did that every single month for one year. And so. And where do you think that like, cause I don't know. I just feel like I'm listening to this with like my mouth hanging open. I'm just like that volume and just, but it's obviously physically super impressive, but just like mentally to like make yourself, you just like honestly complete that to like look at that workout and be like, I'm doing that. Like, where do you think that kind of comes from or I don't know. how do you tap into that? I've always. I I don't know. Like, I think there's always been, like, I, I'll never, like, a river runs through it. I love Brad Pitt. Um, <laughs> and there's, like, a, a scene in there where he's just talking about Brad Pitt's character. Like, the kid is sitting there not eating oatmeal. 
because he didn't want to eat it and they just said like he he just was so mental I tough and I remember watching that show young I'm like I I can relate to that like hmm. if I just say I'm doing it I'm doing it like um and I mean yeah I was like I mean I remember I was when my dad was like hey if you want to play football you should probably you know just start kind of training and I was like 11 or 12 I'd wake up at five in the morning I was down on the treadmill running and working out hmm. at like 11 12 years old yeah. and so I just kind of got up and started doing it and I don't know I think it's just kind of fun because it's like I feel like you can do the little sprinty workouts and stuff like that but that's I don't know I just I I guess for me unless I'm chasing after my kid you know or something it no our kid gets tired really fast yeah, too yeah <laughs> or distracted I feel like it's it's such more of like a grind like yeah. when you're when you're when you're chopping wood or baling hay or it's just a long grind and like you just kind of keep going and you learn how to pace and that's why I've always liked those and they it just it just tests you so differently like Mm -hmm. anybody can do a quick little sprint because you're like looking at you're like this really sucked this is this is not fun but you're like it's going to be done here literally in a few more reps and like one more minute but when you still you're 40 minutes in and you still have another 20 30 minutes to go and you're already like wanting to quit 20 minutes ago it's just like cool to push yourself you know and I've always I've always kind of liked that Mm -hmm. in a sense just to see you know and I guess it must be a genetic thing because clearly Nick wanted you know he he really did the same thing yeah so but yeah I mean so post football um you know just had a that classic chip on my shoulder wanted to do something graduated college and then when Nick passed away we started obviously getting exposure to kind of like you know CrossFit the teams and then I just you know I think so many people can relate to it whoever listens like you kind of get that bug you kind of you kind of you know get some of these workouts here and you're like oh man this is really I can see myself getting involved and that's Mm -hmm. I mean, I especially when you're like have a physical background or fitness background, you're like, oh, I'm actually like doing pretty good at this, or it's you know connecting with you. Yeah, I mean, I was getting close to 280 pounds, and then I got down to like two, two thirty, two twenty five, in just about a year or so, because I just really upped my volume, and so the strength was there pretty good. but just the volume and the skill work yeah it was oh yeah it was just a ton I mean just I was just whipping yourself do- with the jump oh run. my gosh <laughs> I just don't I think sometimes I probably would have accelerated so much quicker but we just I didn't have the money or the resources to join a CrossFit gym yeah and everyone that I asked they just turned me down and so that just pissed me off even worse. Well, because you wanted to, like, say, like, hey, yeah. I can yeah. join your team. Can I get, you know. Yeah, could I do it? Could I get a discount? A discounted Would you be okay? Yeah. Would you be okay with me just trying to help train your team or 
And so, I mean, yeah, the evolution pretty much started in a one-stall garage. and It was so sketchy. Like, <laughs> honest. It's like the floor was, like, cracked. It was unlevel. <laughs> it was like... We cleaned it out, and it oh was, like, gosh. the co- it was like the best thing ever, though. It was, like... Yeah. We, like, did a little, like, we utilized every literally square inch of that place. I mean, we somehow had a pull-up. We had rings. We could do handstand push-ups. We had a rig. Like, we could do the platform obviously for like olympic lifting i mean you had to hit your lifts perfectly you know this is like highland park highland like, park like in a back past, alley like, it's Ford a parkway yeah. and stuff like like a one stall garage and, and yeah a three bedroom one bath house and i'm <laughs> yeah. at one point they're honest to god like just because we and we were dating during yeah. this time but like we would go and hang out and there would seriously be I think there were like seven men living there. Yeah. And then one of the men. Their fiancés. Um, yeah, are, fiance. Yeah. And then I don't think they were never the baby there. No. 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 But it, there yeah. was a pregnancy. <laughs> a pregnant woman living there was, yeah, it was six men. And, oh, gosh. Yeah, it was. It was really. I mean, I. But that was just the thing. Like, it was. I learned. You learn these skills. Like. You know, I was doing rope climbs. I thought it was 15 feet, and I was literally doing a 25-foot rope up an oak or a big maple tree. And then I was handstand walking on our sidewalk. So when you flop down on that a couple times, you learn learn really quick how to handstand walk much better. (laughs) Like, literally just a full flop on cement. And then, yeah, I mean, you know, just the ring, like, I think, again, people look, obviously, you know, at the gym or we'll do some stuff or we do some pretty with higher skilled and they're like, oh, my gosh, that's really, how do you do that? And it just, I, you just have to really set your mind to it. I mean, I was doing toes to bar, you know, four, four plus times a week. I was doing gymnastics every other day and so always trying to build towards that. I mean, there was a lot of things I had to work on, but. Mm-hmm. so because I my goal was I wanted to go to the CrossFit games and I said well I'm either going to go as a team or an individual and I knew the individual would take longer so I just started I had to start somewhere and so um yeah so uh, I got into a master's program because uh just to you know was psychology yeah you need some sort of certification or yeah i mean i wasn't going to do counseling you need to be licensed and that usually require you could be licensed but to get paid a little bit better to go into a master's program so Mm -hmm. i went um i got accepted at hazelden and you know just seeing you know people that we love have uh, a lot of success through their program personally for their own struggles I was, it felt very called to do it. And so, um, I was pretty much in the height of training. And I remember I was calling around, I called like CrossFit Top Gun, CrossFit, um, St. Paul, CrossFit Minneapolis, CrossFit. There was, you know, there was a quite a few. And, and, um, I was, I would like go to their open workouts and I would beat these guys that were on their team and then I would be I'd be like can I join your team like I feel like I've earned and they're like no we uh we have a spot and I'm like fuck you guys you know what <laughs> just fine, what just pissed me off even worse and <laughs> and so um 
yeah, I mean, I uh, went up, I was, I was heading up to a class one day and I just Googled Timberwolf CrossFit and I was like, well, I'll just swing up to the Roseville one. And I walked up and Tony and Kyle were sitting. I'll never forget the garage doors open. I walked in and introduced myself, shook their hands. And I said, is there any way I could possibly just train on your team? I really want to go or try to help either go to region or help a team. I, I can't afford it, but could I possibly get a discount just to help your team? And they were like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, and so I was just like, all right, well, here's my number. And when I got to class, I had a miss, I had a voicemail from Tony saying, Hey, you know, 65 bucks and you can start training right away. And so I was like, awesome. And then I just got absolutely schmucked for like eight straight months because I mean, again, I didn't really like Tony was a very high, you know, he's regional athlete, super good, super strong. Kyle was, I don't know if, I don't think he ever made it to regionals individually, but he was obviously very, he was newer. Yeah. Yeah. He, but he, he had quite a few, quite a bit of experience and he was also coaching. So he's very knowledgeable. And so, uh, but I didn't know that when I walked out, Kyle was like, that's him. That's the guy we're looking for. That will, cause they needed one male. They had three, obviously they had Kelly Wild, Megan, um, and then Andrea. Um, and so obviously literally some of the most decorated, strongest women I've ever met in my life. And so they literally needed a guy who could, you know, help. And so I walked in and I didn't know, but I think, I actually think Kyle was like, that's the guy. And so that was kind of cool hearing that once we actually had some success, you know, and after you've been told no a yeah. bunch of other times. Yeah. So that was really, I mean, I just, again, people, I don't think people realize how much, you know, you, if you, you really do, it's so true. It's like, you and I, you have to and I think I was listening to an interview I think one of the guys for you know he said plain and simple you have to have a mental health issue if you want to be a high elite crossfitter and I'm like oh yeah absolutely <laughs> you do yeah. you're you're mentally you you have to have an obsessive very selfish personality at that time because you can't let anything get mm-hmm. in it's it's you know when you look at like you know, like these different types of mindsets we've talked about, but like through a therapy, it's called dialectical behavioral therapy, DBT. And they have like, they have like a, they have like a, um, an emotional mindset. They have a focused mindset and then they call it like the wise mind. So it's like a combination of both. And the emotional is like people who are like very just emotionally driven, like constantly everything's there. You know, again, it can be like very victim mentality, very like, very just like always something's wrong, very just so caught up in their emotions. And then you get the focused mindset. And those are commonly like CEOs, narcissistic antisocials that are just so locked in on their own um, just success and what they need to complete, just very black and white thinkers, like just really struggle with the emotion. And I became that like, I think I just put my head down and was like, this is this is it. Like I just I mean, you probably saw that. Yeah. I mean, I th- I think that was the part that it was like, oh, gosh, if this is going to be long term, yeah. this is going to be kind of intense. Because we were engaged when you guys went to the game. Yeah. So we were just, I mean, we'd been dating for 
four years. Yeah. 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 Um, and then you were, yeah, finished up college in your master's program. Like you were working, you were interning for your master's program and training and like in a relationship, it was just a lot. Yeah. I mean, and so I think now obviously having, I mean, Matt Frazier, he talks about like, he's just said, all right, we're going to dedicate everything. And I just honestly, I didn't feel enough calling. It was, it was such a cool experience, but it, it wasn't as rewarding to me as it was to like help somebody, um, in their mental health struggle or addiction or something. So I was very torn, Mm -hmm. um, because it was very rewarding, but I mean, 95% of it is a very selfish, very focused on you um, from rehab to nutrition to work. And then that 5%, you get to be in front of the crowd or maybe do, you know, other things. But it so much has to be dedicated to you and your craft and what you're doing. And I just was like, no, I I, I was, my, my CrossFit career was like a shooting star. Maybe I'll do the master, master, master levels, you know, <laughs> if I you know, hopefully can maybe your body's compete. still intact. Yeah, right? Gosh. But so, yeah, that was a cool, I mean, I was, yeah, working full time in my master's program, full time and training full time. So when people are like, I don't have enough time, it's just, they just aren't, you know, I think again, it's, I guess to them, they don't, but I, if you get up at, I was getting up at five, I'd get to the gym or no, yeah, I think the door's unlocked at 5.30. I would train till 7.30, work at 8, get off at 4.30, get to the gym. I'd be done at 7, work on school or get to class and, um, you know, try to get to bed by 10 o'clock so I could get 10, you know, 7, 7-ish hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. So I just did that as long as I could. So that was... uh. You know, it just like I said, I think it's when people say, oh, I just don't have time. I think they really do. It's just how driven and disciplined are you going to be? And so. And I think it's like you were kind of saying, it's like, what is your priority? If it's not your priority to be at this elite level for anything, you know, even work or whatever, you know, family is also another piece that you didn't have kids at the time either no it was kind of a perfect it was a perfect scenario that kind of came together so that was really cool and like you know made made the made the team and then we went to regionals and and won which was so cool and um I'll I seriously just... felt like I was going to pass out during that last event, <laughs> just yelling yeah. and screaming. Well, yeah, you and, Probably... me, you and me both. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was a pretty big workout for having to cheer you on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was that was really cool. I, I think I definitely didn't take it for granted. I mean, because, like, obviously I wasn't crossfitting for super long, but, you know, I was um, I was – I've been working out, I mean, honestly, since I was – 10 or you know or excuse me like 11 12 years old and so yeah that was in like all of the weird training like I never people like how do you rope I used to do this loop at my parents house where we called the loop and it's like this kind of groom trail on this backwoods and every it just worked out that every about every about 100 meters 
there was just this random implement and I literally would climb up like I would just I could I could climb right up a like a small ironwood you know go up about 15 feet climb up shit you know so it's like and then I would run up and there'd be a log and I just start doing thrusters or pick it up and then I'd go there'd be literally like a ledge like a sand dune and I just do like and it was like up to my belly button I'd do just like a like 50 50 bot like jump ups and then there was like this random rock and I'm like oh perfect rock and I'm like (laughs) throwing around this rock people are probably like if they ever saw me they're like Dude, this guy got bit by like so he's probably got rabies or so. I have no clue. That's the mental illness part. For it was that was one of the funnest because like it was so exhilarating. You're like running through these beautiful woods and and um. You might have people that want to come join you on this. Oh, after. come! It's amazing. Well, I don't even know if we can. It'd probably be there. They've got all these no trespassing signs on there now, but they're you know it's they were pretty cool with us just kind of going back there. But I think the it's the the sons own it now so they kind of don't i've thought about that like oh it'd be kind of cool to just run back through there again but yeah i like literally would pick up like this massive log and i i honestly don't even know i would i was so stupid it was like this huge i i can't i don't even know it had to been hundreds of pounds and i'm like sitting here trying to do a thruster with it and i'm like yeah and i'd like throw it down and start running again i'm like oh my gosh this is so dumb now that i well it's fun but dumb but yeah because it's like you know yeah. how developed was your brain at that yeah, point still underdeveloped <laughs> so that was pretty cool but like it all paid off because yeah we went uh like it was funny because the crossfit st paul came up to tony and he's like hey man who was your third guy no and he's like you know who it was and it was super, I didn't know, again, I didn't know this, but Tony was like, you passed up on him. And he pointed him, and, and the guy, just like the look on his face, Tony said, was just like, oh, man. Because they didn't make it. Nope, they didn't make it. I think they took, I don't know, I don't give a shit, but they didn't make it. And so, um, obviously, we did, and it was such a, that was a pretty awesome experience and to go and to obviously see, like, you know, Andrea now have such great success and you know, I think it would have been cool, you know, I, I, I think if things would have, if, um, you know, just financially, you could have been making as much money now as, you know, cause you just didn't make anything. Even when we, I mean, we barely made any money and now you can make decent, actually really good money, mm-hmm. but I could see, I'd be like, man, that would have been, you know, I could definitely hooked in with her more and trained and it was, yeah, we, it was fun to train with her. Um, cause she has that same kind of drive of just like doing these unbelievable volume workouts. And so that would have been cool, but so, yeah. And then after the CrossFit games, just, um, things just kind of shifted, did some triathlons, uh, and, you know, just uniquely enough, actually took time off from CrossFit. And so just kind of had to take some time off. So why why do you say that? Well, it was, uh, I think it was just, it was, it was just getting too much. Like I was, you know, I was still pushing it way too hard. Like, I mean, I was doing like these lifting complexes with like 275, 295. I just like, you know, do just like it was, I was just pushing way too hard, you know, for 
I didn't know what I was training for. Maybe I had another opportunity, but I, you know, when I didn't have like a goal um, or a sense of, per- I was kind of just, I think, starting to kind of overdo it, you know, like yeah. just like, yeah, I mean, you know, come in and start hitting these huge weights and it's just hard on your body, you know, when you're not rehabbing it correctly. And again, that it wasn't really talked a ton about like how people are like rehabbing and dedicating that much time, almost as much as that to training. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just, yeah, I mean, just the weights and stuff, you know, I, I, I honestly don't even know. I'm like a shell of myself of like the weights I could, we could do or did. Yeah. Like, comfortably back squatting 425 for two or three reps you know like I think I I think I front squatted 295 20 times unbroken we had a test so we like that was remember do you remember we were at detour and it was like a max for 20 reps so yeah yeah. dang yeah I think I was well and I've said this before like I've always done CrossFit at such like a different motivation definitely a different level and so I think for me it's like I've always just known you it's like wow Jacob's really strong and now it's like when you kind of I think I'm I'm like definitely stronger than even when I was first doing it I think I was just kind of not really trying super hard not that I do really now but I just my form and stuff I feel like I've just worked on that and so I've some strength has come a little bit more with it but now like understanding that of yeah like how heavy you were lifting and in comparison it is such a different and just like how you are in the gym and now in terms of and I mean, before you were just, you were an athlete, like that's what you were doing now as a coach. I feel like you have such a different mindset with just with helping people and just like where you are in your own self. But yeah, I mean, also yeah, just, it's like just such a different level longevity and, you know, just I couldn't you can't sustain that without having money coming back into you and getting the proper recovery and nutrition and all of that you know and so well that kind of I think kind of like switching obviously like kind of with your career now um I kind of want to just talk a little bit about that of like your just like kind of what you do and like your transition you know because obviously like you said you were kind of in that crux of you know CrossFit was something you really enjoyed you were really doing well at it you kind of came into it you know, super intense and it was, you know, panned out that way. But then it was like, is this what I actually want to do? Like, is this, do I feel like I'm serving myself, others, you know? Well, and yeah, I mean, and you kind I feel like you kind of made that decision too of just like, do I focus myself on athletics or like my career? Like, well, yeah. And I think like, I think what I think post games I might have done a couple little local mm-hmm. workouts and competitions. Competitions, yeah. yeah, and that was fun. But then they just I mean, they were tough. I I was like 
really still feeling like, especially the adrenaline, like I'll never forget. I just, I think you were standing right there. We, it was like a squat clean ladder at that sissy throw down. And then it was a deadlift. And then a deadlift. So yeah. like you cleared it and then you had one minute. So you had like, you know, they had a minute squat cleans minute and I squat clean 325 and that was like a one minute to do as many reps as possible. And I think Andrea's, Andrea's, um, boyfriend at the time it wasn't it was a different one bob probably would absolutely smash me in this one but um i think he got 25 so i got like 27 unbroken at 325 Hmm. and i i i'm like you know you know i i in a minute yeah so i you had to you had three two one go you had one minute to hit the squat clean and then do the deadlifts okay and so I remember that vividly, just like the adrenaline, how awesome it was. And, but then after you, I just am like absolutely smoked for like four days, you know, five (laughs) days. And it's like, after that, I just really started realizing it's just not worth it. And like, I think every tweak or a little injury taught me more of like what I need to scale. And I also was encouraged because I struggle with some eating behaviors, um, that I think, again, CrossFit is just absolutely riddled with eating disorders. Yeah. Um, very much so. I think it's a very untalked about um, topic. And I know we I've broached it, but that was actually... A, a lot of people like, why did you take so much time off? Well, through my own journey and recover, kind of as I was really encouraged by professional um, just guidance that I was going down a pretty dark path um, with controlling and and food and body image and self-esteem and it's all intertwined with uh a lot of times just um, you know your your own past skeletons obviously losing nick and kind of things you feel like you can't control you know you can control food you know you mm-hmm. you can really control food and then but then i think it's so dangerous because it becomes an obsession and then the way you're in, the way you look, you know, and so you can always justify it. I think with the professional guidance that I got through multiple people is that with CrossFit, it's so easy to go down that route because you can justify the performance for your eating disorder. Mm-hmm. But then you also get a body that you're like, oh, yeah. And so it's like a double whammy because yeah. you're like, I'm and So I think for some people, it's, you know, it can really help them hone in on what they need to do to perform but I think I've we've taught like I just think you got to be very careful because unless you're a paid professional athlete um where your body is like really making you money and even then like you've I've read and I've is is they struggle with eating disorders and um obsessive you know, body image and, and what they should or shouldn't be doing. And yeah. so I think that's another big reason I had to take a little time off is to kind of heal from that and work through that. And, um, because yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of like, why are you, what's your end goal? You know? Yeah. So I think like coming around to where I'm at, yeah, kind of taking that hiatus really opened up my eyes and I saw like, wow, yeah, I can see that that kind of the the self-esteem, the body image, um, the the eating disorder kind of 
behaviors and and just the the talk about you know the food and how it's so interesting when obviously it's hard because I'm a professional now and I see it and I've I've helped treat a lot of people with eating disorders but um uh the obsession of food and how it's so talked about like just labeling it labeling it oh this is good this is bad this is it's just like man punishing yourself yeah yeah and 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 they actually call it like now i think it's called like exercise orexia or um workout orexia where where if you eat a lot you just work out a ton the next day and Mm -hmm. that was where i actually was i was doing is like i would you know have a lot of food because i was like i'm burning all these calories well i was just over exercising over exercising overeating over exercising and then mm. it became the obsession of like, oh my gosh, my my weight and I, you know, again, like I think I, that's one thing that like we've talked about too, like when I think that fitness, working out, obviously your physical health is so important to have that be part of like well being and your wellness. Yeah. But when you're using it as the only way that you're treating maybe issues that you're going through like for you it was you know you probably were running from things escaping things you know things of past traumas like whatever that you're going through that you're delving into oh like fitness is my therapy or working out is that it's like that can be a great and we've talked about this just you and I like I think fitness should be a great release stress reliever whatever but if you're not doing that extra work to be like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Or like, oh, wow, I did this workout. I have like this oxytocin, you know, boost, but I'm still really unhappy with myself, mm-hmm. how I look in my job, in my family, whatever. Yeah, Your self-worth is crappy. It's like, that's just, I think, for how I've seen it, it's like, then like fitness is just not enough. Like, and yeah. it shouldn't be, you yeah. know, it should be more of a, a well-balanced thing yeah i mean i've heard so many people say fitness is my therapy and i'm like that that's that's good i mean but i also think there it should be much deeper um because there's you know why are you using it as your therapy well, <laughs> like what's going yeah, on yeah i mean yeah. I, I get it i get like i just i get there's so many good dynamics but if you are i think when you have a really hard conversation with yourself and everybody knows it I think you can you know you know your own truth Mm -hmm. and if you keep coming and you keep having these constant issues even though you're still going to the gym clearly the gym is not as uh effective as therapy so I always just kind of be careful because I got into that where where fitness was my therapy and then I Mm -hmm. realized that was a dead-end road I needed to go deeper to work through other stuff which again my own personal journey it it really it really changed my life in a positive more well-balanced direction to where now if um again it's amazing how you know you can kind of change and grow and um during the holiday season I remember this was always where I would just feel like my um my exercising would just get ramped up because, Hmm. oh, I'm eating so many calories. I need to exercise more. I need to, 
you know, and it was never, it was never just a time for just enjoyment and recovery and, you know, being okay with, um, maybe adding on a few extra pounds, like having the epiphany a while back was like the hardest creatures on the face of this earth put on some weight during the winter season Hmm, and like they do it for you know and I think it's just like you know trying to have this false reality of like trying to sustain this incredibly strict everything um through the year is literally fighting against our natural cycles and seasons and nature and so I think sometimes just giving I found a lot of relief on just being a little bit okay um or not a little bit a lot okay with just like things kind of during the winter seasons in these holiday months being much more gentle and um kind compassionate to myself uh instead of just like hammering away at everything and you know um trying to justify that you know exercising is my therapy and exercising is the reason for me to you know eat so much or not eat enough or Mm -hmm. a certain body type so I think like yeah that's what kind of got me into more and more deep dives into therapy and understanding the human psyche and what drives people and um you know I think it's just you know, balance, having a healthy balance between a body image and, uh, and the way that you can, as uh, you can perform, you know, like, and what that means. Yeah. Yep. And so I think I touched upon that again with, with a little bit on talking to Bethany, you know, about, you know, just being at the CrossFit games. And I was clearly, I mean, these people are just absolutely shredder. I don't remember, but it can make you feel like, oh my, even though I'm outperforming them on every single level, you're still like, oh my gosh, like I don't look the piece, you know, but yeah, I think just coming to terms with that. And the reality is, is that was just a self-esteem issue. Yeah. Like <laughs> that was period. Like, and there, who cares? You know, if the reality is, is like, you know, I always kind of giggle cause it's like, could you imagine like our ancestors being like, you guys are literally starving yourself to get a six pack. (laughs) What is wrong with you? Like my great, 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 great grandpa who probably came from some village in Europe who probably, I can't imagine the suffering and the sacrifices that they had to go to is like, you got a little, you got a little fluff on you and you're now starving yourself, you know? So it's like, I mean, again, I've, I've been very, like very overweight, 280 pounds was a lot on my frame. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying like, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, just being like, just accept yourself for everything you are. Cause I was in an unhealthy spot then I was eating, obviously coping with the loss of Nick. And so I think it's just being careful again with having a certain, you know, look and weight and all this stuff. It's just, I just really, if I could just encourage people, it's just really, really be careful with that because it can be, it can be a dark place that you can get caught into very quickly, you know? And so just, you know, even like having scales in the house, like having girls 
Yeah. In the house, you, you got to be really careful. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that, like, we talked a lot about when you were doing, you know, you were kind of monitoring your food and things like that. I was pretty adamant of, like, we're not, like, this is just not going to be a long-term thing. Like, yeah. I don't want our kids seeing you measuring their food. Uh, like, I think promoting, like, healthy wellness and things like that is awesome. But we need to do it in like a smart way but yeah I think that's just one thing that I grew up with just such a different perspective on food Mm -hmm. um of you know I just like I never remember my mom like ever talking negatively about her body or about truly like dieting or restraining from things it was always like the message of I want to work out or have movement in my life. Like it wasn't even like this like exercise type of thing. It was like I want to be able to have movement in my life, play, play sports, and like keep up with you kids. Yeah, and that's what I think for me is having that like being able to play pickleball and being able to go do – I mean the fact that I can still do bar muscle-ups and handstand Mm -hmm. walks. I mean that's – I mean that's really I think just – you know, being okay and like very, I think that's still a very high level fit person and kind of understanding that. And I think just, again, I I just think some, you can just get so lost in the weeds and you're really losing how incredible progress you have made because maybe the scale isn't telling you, or maybe you had a few extra cookies during Christmas. And again, we're, we're such a diet culture. And so I've talked to a lot of people and I think just having just just having girls and growing up is like I'm I'm not going to have a scale in the house. That's one of the things I've I've heard from multiple multiple professionals is not having a scale in the house. Hmm. Who yeah. can, like just no, not needing to weigh yourself like not needing because I think again I get it like you would you would have an amazing day like hit your macros, crushed everything. And then the next morning you jump on the scale and you put two pounds on and you're like, what the hell? You know, yeah, like mental or, defeat. Oh, it totally. So and, then, and then it's just like this up and down. And I get it's like the long game, the roller coaster, the, the average, the losing and maintaining. But it's also, I think, like it just realizing like that, that could like literally wreck your day. Like mm-hmm. it can you're like and I've I've obsessed it like. I've got on the scale and I'm like, I'm going to definitely be down to my goal close. And it's like, wait, how am I two pounds heavier? You know? (laughs) Yeah. And it wrecked my day. Hmm. And I'm realizing like, wow, this has such a grip on me that I'm still very healthy, super active. And because I didn't adjust a pound or two, it wrecked my day. Something's messed up. Like, And so I get if like you have to cut for the UFC and because you didn't lose a pound or two, (laughs) you are now out of a mortgage payment. You know what I mean? Like I totally get that. But I think just again, being conscientious of, you know, that and like I think tracking, it was super helpful. I was not, I needed more protein, just I wasn't recovering. So that was like really helpful for me just to understand portion and absolutely like portion sizes and just um, knowing kind of what your body needs is really, I think, good. But I just encourage, and that's, again, with why I think just taking a break from the CrossFit realm 
um, and really establishing myself and being more authentic and, uh, and coming back to it was such a cool journey. Cause yeah, I mean, um, once I kind of came back to it and I, I still did it quite a bit, like at Cross or down in Rochester and I actually started or kind of like at a, a treatment center, we got some like equipment in and you couldn't call it CrossFit because it was, you know, your, your copyright or affiliate, you know, whatever it is. Um, so it was just kind of cool. We got a bunch of equipment and, um, got to do like a little gym for these guys in recovery. And that was super rewarding. Then I just realized I was like, yep, I'm on the right path. Like Mm -hmm. that was more rewarding than ever winning a regional or going to the games or, um, seeing them change their lives, you know, and, 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 um, yeah, I actually met one of my uh, clients a few weeks ago at an event and they were eight, over eight years sober. Wow. Yeah. And they were from down in Rochester. Yeah. It was super cool, super cool. And, um, they were one of my like first official like a like license I mean I was licensed for a few like maybe a half a year maybe a year and um they were looking at over a hundred a hundred months in federal prison for drug trafficking and federal indictment and so it was uh pretty that was incredibly rewarding and and so yeah, that was cool. And then just like also, I think becoming a coach and training and really seeing so many incredible people come from all walks of life gave me so much perspective of like taking some pressure off myself and, mm-hmm. you know, seeing their amazing gains, like in obviously the community we're in, uh, seeing people who literally could not do an overhead squat to save their life and uh, now are are doing some, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think hopefully this individual knows who probably I'm talking, but (laughs) it was just so cool. To be continued here. Just hit these and stop. Yeah. One second. We have a child who's up calling for mom. We'll pause it quick. And we're back. Margo got put back down. But in typical fashion, as sleep-deprived parents at 9.43, we <laughs> literally forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. goodness. And we're but, trying yeah. a new recording thing, so we don't know how to re-listen. So anyways. Yeah, I think, I mean, just getting back, wrapping up just with like kind of the food digger journey and stuff like that. I just think, yeah. I just think it's important that, again, that people obviously find a good support system you know whether I I do I do believe and I've seen it like fitness is very important the gym is very important but I also think that obviously I might be a little biased but maybe getting some professional support um like mental health wise yeah Yeah. absolutely you know just because I've just seen when you combine these multiple facets uh just really how I think at peace people can be and uh they're just very content and that's a very one that's a very nice person energy wise can just be be around when you know they're they're obviously working or trying to maybe strive for things but there's there's a level of just contentment and it's really cool to be around because i think they've put in some really hard work 
you know Mm -hmm. and so but yeah i just think it's important with uh you know leaning on too much of one thing can be very much a slippery slope and so just watching out for that and and you know i think also just listening to your body listening to the things around you that are speaking to you when you might be trying to just you know struggling through things and push through something sometimes just to step back and recalibrate can be extremely helpful yeah and that kind of being said is I just wanted to touch on just a little bit obviously with your work you know as like an addiction counselor as a mental health therapist like you've transitioned from many different places you know being in Rochester was I think a really good experience for us and just where we were in our life of growth and ourselves our relationship and our career and just I think how we kind of made it back you know kind of towards where our home is you know and closer with family support I think has been something that has been super helpful for us as like a couple and as a family but I was just kind of curious as you know like looking back at just some of the different jobs that you've had places you've worked at um I know we've kind of talked about like you've been pretty much like full therapist mode you know for like eight nine years yeah and now you're kind of transitioning into like a new role I kind of just want to talk to you about that a little bit of like how that's been and how you've been kind of transitioning with that yeah I think it's been good it's been a new experience and stepping into a little bit more of a leadership role has been cool and having an opportunity to kind of support people on just experiences and knowledge and also I still have a lot of learning to do um not again both as a therapist, but also as a leader and uh, a supervisor. And so just kind of excited for that frontier, you know, because it is kind of, I think when you, when you become complacent, it can be very um, tricky when it, and, and a little bit dangerous when it comes to just mental health, because you stop trying to kind of look and see what's going to be the next most and best beneficial thing for your clients and so it's fun just to kind of keep educating and learning and and seeing how we can help people Mm -hmm. and support them because it's it's man it is really really sad to see I don't think you know when you're here on the you know just hearing I mean the fact like you know you I just read I think we were talking about this hearing that uh that dance or that twitch Mm -hmm. you know um die by suicide you know and 40 years old yeah three kids just so sad and I think it's you know instead of trying to cover it up and hide it I think people are talking about it more which is incredible I mean they actually say you know you don't say commit suicide like you don't commit cancer Mm -hmm. you you die from illnesses you die and they're realizing that you know depression and and you know these impulsive compulsive acts are you know you you die from it it's not you know it's not that you're it's you're it's a moral failing by you you're not hmm. weak you're not any it's just all so unhealthy and such a taboo cuz clearly he was a look like a beautiful you know just 
person and had a ton of energy and light, but also had some really dark, must have difficulties, you know? Yeah. So, you know, die by, you know, die by suicide and stuff. I think it's pretty cool that people are actually starting to kind of figure out better ways and more appropriate ways to help communicate it and support people. Yeah. But it's sad, super sad. And it's, it's happening at an alarming rate. So to be able to kind of be on that front line as best as we can to help people out is, is definitely an honor and uh, really cool to do that. And that's what for, I mean, cause you've just been at this new job now just since September, but I think what we've talked about, you know, just working with kind of that working class of people and just kind of that working middle class who I think a lot of times are like unseen in terms of almost like having mental health or it still is I think even more so in that group of like you know middle-aged men like a super taboo thing of like therapy and reaching out and things so I think I mean even since you've started at this position like there's been a handful of suicides Mm mm-hmm that you've had to do, you know, work with family members and things like that. And it's only been a couple months and you only have contracts with certain unions. So I think it's like, that's been one thing that just you coming home and, you know, disclosing what you can, obviously it's super vague. Anyone that knows anyone healthcare, it's pretty limited on what you can talk about for what your day is. But It's just, it's crazy. I think the amount of like mental health that just everyone has, you know, different levels of it, but it's just seems like it's been so much more from even when you started. Yeah, it really It's just really crazy. And I've touched upon this with other, you know, talking to other people. It's just the pandemic really, we're going to be dealing with this and how it was handled and how, you know, whatever you want it's just I don't know whether it was good bad or indifferent but one thing I do know is that when you tell people to um isolate it's catastrophic and we're seeing that and the pressure and the boom I mean I think it's it was it's just really sad to see and uh you know these again very talented uh people that you just would never imagine having these issues are and so mm-hmm. yeah it's it's tough I mean but I think just getting the help and talking to somebody and reaching out and I just I can't encourage enough people to to go talk to somebody it's you know therapy is you know it 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 can really really be extremely helpful and beneficial because it just makes you look at things differently you know it it makes it forces you to kind of let go of that control that a lot of people keep very very close to their chest you know that again like we've talked about like with the food and with with the gym and exercise and it's all things you can control mm-hmm. but when you have somebody kind of talking to you and having you them look at through a different lens or a different perspective it can be very challenging in a very good way yeah. And so, um, yeah. And know, I mean, and so yeah, I we've that's... both done individual counseling. We've been, we've done couples counseling together. And yeah. I mean, I think that's one thing that 
I think has really, I mean, it just completely changed our relationship in such a positive way. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think it, we were, you know, definitely, I think every, you know, couple goes through ebbs and flows of things. And especially when we're younger, like we were pretty young married and Mm -hmm. struggling with some fertility things too. And we were just not in a good place, you know, and just how, like you said, having someone who, when you're putting the mask on, you know, every day going to work or around your friends or social group and having to sit in a room with someone and really have them kind of like, you know, unmask you a little bit and really get to figure you out and make you face your true self can be so scary and yeah. not comfortable at all. But I mean, I would say we're such better parents now to like our kiddos than we would have been if you know than if we would have had kids when we thought we should have had kids and there's i'm listening to a book called the myths of normal and he talks about his name is gabor mate and he talks about that we pass to our children our unresolved issues Hmm. and i just thought that was it is just so true like that is the general when people say genetics or generation it's more i believe it's more generational it's more generational trauma that people are not addressing. People aren't, uh, you know, and, you know, they, you can see it right down the lineage. A bunch of anxious or depressed people are making more anxious and depressed children, you know, because it's... Or addiction. Yeah, or addiction yeah. or compulsive behaviors or just, you know, so I think, you know, resolving your issues and, and taking a hard look is, it is... Trust me, it's the toughest thing you, you know, the, again, like the parallels between that exercise, that long grind, that wanting to quit, but just hanging on and pushing through it is why I think I just love those really challenging workouts, you know, because there's a lot of times it's like, ah, I just, you know, you don't want to do therapy. You don't want to go talk to that person. You don't, and you're just like, ah, like they say it all the time, the, the, the meeting you should always go to in AA is the one you don't want to go to, you know, <laughs> like it's like, those are usually the best, you know, it's like, oh, I just, I don't want to go to it. I don't think it's going to be beneficial. And then when they go to it, they're always like, that was the aha moment. Like, yeah. I can't tell you how many people have told me that. I mean, <laughs> hundreds of people, if not more. And so I think just being open to um that's like life you yeah know? i think and just end, like being just... open to people who are very educated and see things a little bit differently or really i think that's really good i mean Brene brown talks about not just surrounding yourself with just like just like-minded people like then mm-hmm. it just you kind of silo yourself i think it's good to have different views different perspective dis- different approaches so yeah and i mean i think that just kind of like leads into like you you know as a father now and obviously just the work that you've done for yourself you know and that you've put into yourself like how do you I guess hope to bring some of that to like your daughters right now yeah I mean I think I at times like like our our growing up it got pretty loud pretty you know um it can, it got, you know, sometimes a little, you know, aggressive. And one thing I really have, you know, through just the support and the different things is just like, 
learning different skill sets of that slow, low, and listen, trying to remove yourself before you kind of have a rupture or yell. And again, it's not perfect, but I just think like showing that again, like you can talk quietly or slow things down or again, you can be frustrated or, but I think you being vulnerable with your children at a very young age is really helpful and admitting when you've messed up is I think also extremely helpful. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, we see it already with Margot, just how sweet and kind. And even when she messes up, she'll come back and just say, I'm sorry for doing that. Or, you know, um, and I think that's just, you know, we're trying to really do that. And I think that was something that wasn't always modeled to us all the time that, you know, I think sometimes it was kind of like left up in the air of like, hey, I, I, you know, I really did mess up. And, you know, can we work on this? And fortunately, like I said, I've, I've been have some really good men in my life that have done that. I mean, I do know, like, growing up, my dad, like, we would talk it through, like, it was like, okay, we messed up, where can we kind of learn from this? What can we do better? And that was really helpful. Mm -hmm. And so, but yeah, I just think, I think the best thing I've ever done is gotten professional help. Because it's really kind of looked made me kind of just address some pretty profound things that were getting a little out of hand for sure yeah so yeah I mean it'll it's uh it's just an ever evolving kind of day by day and and just enjoying kind of that journey and the effort and you know I think it'll be yeah just interesting to kind of see (laughs) where each year kind of takes us so yeah I know parenting has definitely been yeah, one of the most that's rewarding. probably been the most challenging but rewarding thing I've ever experienced yeah. in my entire life. There's no there's nothing that compares. Not even close. Or like, in year four of the grueling workout. Yeah, <laughs> That'd I, be, yeah. When yeah. is when is the end? Yeah, no, it's very true. But like how many reps have yeah, we done? It's really amazing. Like I was I was watching, you know, and I think just I I I um I love Yellowstone. Shout out to Brooke. She I know she's obsessed with it, but I love Yellowstone and there was a John Dutton was talking he's like I don't you know you don't he's like you achieve perfectionism through short short spurts little moments is where perfectionism lies like and he was talking like they're just like there's a scene he's just sitting there and like it's just like a sunrise or like a little tiny thing it's like that's perfection like it's just so it's like you can't sustain yes you can't sustain it all the time and I thought that was one of the coolest lines I've ever heard of like you know, and I and I think as parents or people, we strive to be really perfect parents, and that's not possible. Hmm. But I think grabbing those little tiny moments where you have just like those little, you know, it can be bigger moments or some that aren't that quick. Like we, even tonight, just hearing them down in the down in the bath, just laughing and playing and sharing it was like it was like that moment of perfection and then vera cried yeah and, and then margo cried, goes yeah. vera are you okay and i was like 
Oh my yeah. gosh, we didn't have to intervene. Yeah, but they then checked on each they, other. You know, all of a sudden you hear a bonk on the forehead and there's a toy going yeah. up against their head, you know, so it's like. It was fleeting. But, yeah. <laughs> so I think it's just like the grand scheme of things is just really trying to just grab a hold of these little moments, you know, and you see that th- through and, you know, you see this all the time, like, um, what a cool like just watching Matt hit a 290 pound snatch it was just like a moment of perfection it had to be right Mm -hmm. and then you know what a cool thing or you you see you know Lily or Greta like get kind of close to their first bar muscle up or somebody get their first like it's just a moment it's a whole lot of hard work but it's like a moment of perfection yeah you know it has to be and so I think it's just really like letting people enjoy those and um you know, relish in them and, and not try to constantly strive for that because you will just get so lost, you know? So I just hope like still as an individual kind of just keep, you know, getting to know people. And that's, I definitely feel very blessed to have the ability to kind of talk to people and get to know them through these different podcast episodes and see where, you know, their, their stories have taken them so yeah no i appreciate you chatting i know you weren't you're like this is weird i'm the host (laughs) but i do i think it's important because obviously people know who you are but it's also like glimpses through the podcast or just glimpses of who they you know interact with at the gym so i think just having you know, a little bit more of your story is kind of fun and just, I don't know. I love talking to you too. So it's fun (laughs) to have an excuse to kind of chat chat a little bit together and of course be interrupted by our kids anyways, but I know I need to get to sleep. Yeah, I know. He has to wake up at 4.30 to go wake or four to go work out at 4.30. So, but well, thanks babe. (laughs) Thanks Jacob for chatting and Yeah, everyone have a happy holidays this weekend. Well, hopefully it'll all work out. We'll post it for any Christmas commuters, right? Stay warm. Yeah, exactly. But thanks. Thank you so much for listening to Athletes Unbox, finding the extraordinary in the ordinary. And don't forget to hook grip. (laughs) 